This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. I don't know if like we would have sat down and been like, okay, how do we view productivity? How do we view mental illness? How do we view, you know, morning routines? Those are things that you just don't really talk about in a friendship. And even just with the, the consistency of the podcast, you know, having a couple of those can make and strengthen and develop and change a relationship. But the fact that we do it every single week, at one point we were doing it twice a week, over three years, not only are we able to flesh out our thoughts and hear from other people and discuss it internally on a mic, we're able to grow up and see personal development growth within the two of us after we've had so many conversations together. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Real Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Barbu, and this week has been a very good week so far. I'm very happy. I, I've had such a great week this week, and I am currently in South Florida, and I am actually in Keon's house. I'm literally in his house right now because he is all moved in which is so exciting. And for those of you that are new that have no idea what I'm talking about, no idea why this is exciting, let me introduce (laughs) the past three years of my life. So past three years, I have been in a long distance relationship and I am, I, we've been long distance literally the entire time we started long distance and we've gone from city to city, but never the same place together. So we went from Oklahoma City to Charlotte, Charlotte to Boston, Boston to New York, Boston to Miami. And now we're finally both in South Florida, which is so exciting. So no longer long distance. He's officially all moved in. And it's just crazy because there's no end date anymore. You know, like usually there's an end date. It's like, okay, I'm visiting you. I leave on Friday. Or like you're visiting me. You leave on in a few days, whatever. But now there, there's none of that. It's just like we're both here and we're going to be seeing so much more of each other. And we're going to spend so much more time together. And I am just so freaking excited. So September is off to a very amazing start. But besides from that, I have also been kind of on a roll lately with podcasts. I've been going on a lot of different podcasts lately, and I'm very, very excited to share with them. It's been crazy because like I usually don't do that many podcasts. Uh, I'm not used to being on the other side of the mic all the time, but lately I've been really, really loving it. And I also love learning a lot and like hearing from other people's interviews, if that makes sense. So like the way that they host their interviews, the way they conduct their interviews, all of that, like I think is really, really cool. And I I like getting inspired for like my own guests. So not gonna lie, I'm stealing some things from my pod, but I was recently on the Engineering Gals podcast going to be on another podcast, which you guys will see in a few weeks. I am on OK Sis's podcast this week. Hint, hint, they're the guests this week for mine. (laughs) But I'm very excited. I will be sharing on social media all the podcasts I have been on. So be sure to follow me and The Real Real Podcast on Instagram to make sure you see when those are coming up. And I love doing podcasts that are like a little different. Like the podcasts I've been doing lately, they, they've been asking really unique questions. So I've been really happy because sometimes when you do a podcast, you like get asked the same exact questions every single time. They've all had their own twist to it, which I've loved. But be sure to follow me to hear about that. And also I think that going on different podcasts is one of the best ways for others to find podcasts. But 
one thing I, I did on Instagram, I asked you guys where you found other people's podcasts and the, or where you found new podcasts, I should say. And the overwhelming amount of people that said that they found podcasts through Instagram stories, like people posting on Instagram stories. I was so shocked, but then I was like, I mean, it makes sense. That's how honestly I have found podcasts. It was literally through other people's Instagram stories. So I am here to ask if you are listening to this podcast, please, please, please screenshot it and post it on your story so that other people can listen because I have been really working on growing my podcast, getting cool listeners or not cool listeners, getting cool guests. All my listeners are already cool. So getting cool guests on the show, getting more reviews. So if you would like to screenshot and post on your story, you can tag me. I will repost you. I will personally thank you. But that means so much to me. And also leaving a five-star review. That's my favor of the week. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to do a high and low of the week. I love doing this. I think it's just such a nice reflection of the week. It allows me to reflect on the week. And so I feel like a high would obviously be Keon moving to South Florida. Like I can't not include that as a high. I think that's definitely my high. Um, he moved only a few days ago. But I would say my low, I'm trying to think, and I always remind myself of how grateful I am when I can't think of an immediate low. I guess my low would literally be leaving Bambino. I miss him so freaking much. He's literally the love of my life. I posted a picture of him as my lock screen, like an updated, cute picture of him on my lock screen. And I am tempted to take it off my lock screen because it's too cute that like I literally want to cry whenever I look at it. So I'm like, this is like unhealthy. So <laughs> leaving him would be my low, but I'm actually going back next week. I'm literally going back in like five days, maybe less. I think four days. In four days, I'll be back in Charlotte. So I'll see him soon. But yeah, I, I would say that's my low. Would love to know what your highs and lows are of the week. Would love to know what your lock screen is. Do you guys use your lock screen for like motivational quotes, reminders, cute photos? Like I feel like I always use like really cute photos for my lock screen. I never really do like quotes or anything like that, but let me know. We have been, as you can tell, on a podcast host theme lately, and I am 100% here for it. There's a level of professionalism, I will say, when hosts come on the podcast and I just get to like sit back and let things roll. Like when a podcast host comes on, like it just goes so smoothly. And our guests today are two of my podcast idols. I'm obsessed obsessed with these ladies. I'm absolutely obsessed. I've looked up to them for years. I don't even remember when I started listening to their podcast, but it definitely was a few years ago. And I really am struggling to contain my excitement because I freaking love these girls and I know that you guys will too. But okay, sis is in the building. They're recording for the real real. It's finally happening after years of meaning for it to happen. Like it, this has been in the works for so long and we just never scheduled it. So I'm so excited that we finally scheduled it. Scout and Maddie are absolutely hilarious sisters in real life and they bring their dynamic relationship to the mic every week to talk about anything and everything. Like literally nothing is off limits for them. I discovered their podcast so long ago and like, I wish I could remember the first episode I listened to, but like whatever the episode was, I was instantly hooked. I like laugh out loud to their episodes. I feel like I'm in the room with them. I feel like I'm like the third sister. Like I just absolutely love it. They're both entrepreneurs and Scout recently launching a book called The Emotional Entrepreneur and Maddie launching her new travel app, Camber. 
These sisters really do it all and they are just amazing, amazing gems. I had a blast learning about how they managed to become even closer through podcasting and they share some sister truths from their childhood that will definitely crack you up. You'll see what I mean by their banter. But in today's episode, we dive into podcasting pet peeves, how to set realistic time batching goals, some hot takes in the podcast space, and methods and apps that will help you organize your business and your life. I am so excited to have Maddie and Scout on the podcast. This was meaning to happen for years and years and years, years and years and years. I act like we've been meaning for it for 10 years, but might as well have. Anyways, we've been meaning for it to happen for a while, so I hope that you enjoy this episode with Scout and Maddie, and let's get into it. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream, it is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play 
Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn an app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hello, Scout and Maddie. I'm so excited that you guys are on my podcast. Hello, Natalie Barbu. Natalie <laughs> Barbu. Yesterday, you'll hear on our podcast because we did a swap, Natalie. In the intro, we're like, where do you say the accent on Barbu? I is, so I just say like Barbu. Like it's just like there's not really a, uh, I guess maybe like there's an accent somewhere, but I'm just like Natalie Barbu. Yeah, I was saying Barbu. And then you were like Barbu. Yeah, and we just Barbie. went back and forth. We went yeah. back and forth. Um, there's a whole segment. Do you want to listen riv- on It's podcast? riveting content. <laughs> riveting. riveting content. I know. I'm like, where do I say the accent in my name? Like, <laughs> I'm not even sure where the accent is. But no, whatever you want to say, I'm totally fine with that. But I wanted to start with setting the record straight. So this is true or false assumptions that I love starting every episode with. So the first one is that branding will make you buy a product. Obviously. I've never said true faster in my life. Okay. So dear listener, dear Natalie Barbu listener, if you have listened to OK Sis, then you know that we are a sucker for good branding. I will fall into a good branding trap any day. You more okay? than me. You more than me. I it, it, it is the thing that like puts me over the edge to impulse buy to do anything. I think it is it is key to success today in oh, today's age. A hundred percent. I like will go even like with like wine, for example, if I'm in the wine section at a grocery store, I have no idea what wine I really like because I only buy whatever like looks good on my shelf. Like I don't I don't even like read what it is. <laughs> yeah, we judge bottles by the wine labels duh it's like judging a book by its cover of course yeah exactly I definitely judge books by their cover like I I'm so drawn to like whatever looks good so that's why like the emotional entrepreneur I'm like I want this like out on display like it looks so freaking good so great job on thank that thank you I expected no that less me though. So happy. like I knew that like it would be perfect oh, when I was publishing my book one of the main four like in the forefront of my mind was will this look good in this type of person's living room and will it look good not just in an Instagram story but on a feed post that was really important to me because that's how people buy stuff they see it they fall in love it's a sense I feel like sometimes we forget that sight is a really important sense if that makes sense Mm -hmm. we find it to be really shallow at times but it's not it's how we literally paint our lives how we connect and it's how we relate to certain companies or missions or products it's it literally has to be something that we are drawn towards yeah and that first starts with visuals oh a hundred percent and that's I think Mariana Hewitt and Lauren Ireland actually said the same thing when they were designing summer Fridays like we want people to post it on their feed like we want it to be something that people are posting on Instagram not just like a story post and look at their brand now so and look i was gonna say uh look at them now we need to be listening to anyone it's it's them exactly and the next one is that starting a business with family can be difficult true true yeah for some people i think i think starting okay sis with mads was easy sometimes managing okay sis 
can be difficult. But at the same time, it's like difficult for anyone to do business with anyone. So for me and Mads, I would say it's pretty easy, but I can imagine working with other family members being very difficult. Mm -hmm. I know. I feel like family businesses are always very tricky. Like I've never had to run a business with my family, but I feel like I already butt heads with my family just like in real life. So I'm like, I can't imagine starting a business with them. I feel like it would be, it's great because like you'll never break up, you know, but it's also like, I don't know, you just are are so honest with the other person that it might cause some trouble. (laughs) There's definitely a lot of layers. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot, like Scout and I, there's no bullshit, right? There's literally, if there's something that we need to decide on, it's a very quick decision because there's no bullshit. Yeah, Maddie, uh, Maddie's opinion is, you know, king. Is superior and I win in yeah. most of the arguments, yeah. So, you know, as if you can imagine, like working with a sibling, it's, you guys have this like built in under like full understanding of the other individual and their and what makes them tick and what makes it you know so you you just know that off the bat whereas a business partner or you know a new employee that you're working with and a coworker, you're learning all this for the first time and you know you want to be respectful you want to like you know go beat around the bush a little bit sometimes when you need to say something whereas with us it's literally so transparent to a fault sometimes <laughs> like sometimes it's like a little much um and a little blunt but i think that's what makes it makes it work i mean i think also we wouldn't have been able to create okasis without the sister dynamic. I think that's Mm -hmm. what makes the show. It's something that happens when both of us are together. So it's like we couldn't have even done it with any other type of relationship because there's a lot, there's an element of us, you know, making fun of one another, poking fun at one another. Whereas I can't see myself doing that with a friend if I were to be co-hosting with a friend. So there is a definite dynamic that happens between us that it could never happen if it wasn't family. But also I'm a really firm believer in like zero partnership businesses. I don't like being I I don't like being in partnership in businesses. So this is a very rare exception. Like I won't even go into business with a co-founder. I won't do it. Mm-hmm. Well because you've had traumatic experiences. Yeah. Uh, and and I know myself enough Sorry, we're really just talking. I know myself no. enough to know that I'm a total fucking bitch to work with as a co-founder. I I'm not I'm not nice. You know, I'm just not nice. Yeah, I can attest. <laughs> no, you know what? It's important though that you actually know that rather than like getting into something and then it going horribly or like I don't know, like breaking up a company because you're fighting with your co-founder, which happens literally all the time. It's like one of the main reasons why startups fail. So I think that's better to actually like understand that and know that and then work solo and work fine solo rather than just like jumping into something just because you want a co-founder. So I get it. I get it. And the last one is that social media is a full-time job. Yes, obviously. 100%. (laughs) I mean, it it can be a full-time job. Right. It's not always, it's not a full-time job for us. Mm -hmm. Do you have someone that runs your Instagram or is it you guys? Oh, yeah. We have our hot intern, Gigi. Hot intern, Gigi, which is like an HR nightmare in itself that we say that, but whatever. She's hot. She's a hot girl. So we call her our hot intern, (laughs) Intern Gigi. Gigi. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, we went to dinner with her. We met her because we hired her during the pandemic. And then we met her and we were like, oh, God, you're like a hot girl. Like, (laughs) Like, we were just like, oh, okay, great. Anyways, yeah. So we have an intern and she's delightful. She does all our social media. Thank the lord like i think we were both getting really burnt out we also wanted to you know lean into more 
the ticker talks, the reels. Ask the, us the how video, it's going. The yeah. video content. I see your TikToks. Um, I like all of them. Good, Natalie. <laughs> you and four other people on the planet. Yeah, it's not going as as hoped. But, you know, we're trying to lean into that because we know the growth potential. Uh, so she handles all that, thank God. So it's kind of, it's a nice thing to outsource for sure. But for businesses, like, there are people who have full-time positions to dedicate to social media. It's definitely a full-time job. But yeah. I think what her question more so is like, even just us as like quasi content creators, it's oh, a full time job. Like, yeah, 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 it yeah. is a full time job, as in it is all encompassing, time consuming. I mean, we just talked about this on when you came on our podcast. Just the 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 rat race that is. <laughs> the churning out of content of social media. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. It's so funny that everyone who's anti-hustle culture is just churning the content Churn. out 24 uh-huh. seven. Yeah, no, it's, phrase. it really isn't like, I was always looking at your feed and I was like, this is what I want my feed to look like. If I ever have anyone that does inspiration, I always screenshot your feed and I'm like, look at them. Like, <laughs> I like what they're doing. Like, oh I God. love what they're See doing. So... <laughs> Mads and I were talking about this on the way up because we drove up to LA together and we were talking about this one content creator that we think is so incredible, but we were saying that I don't think she sees her photos the way we see her photos. And then I said, I'm sure other people think that about us and we we think our social shit, so. Well, so I, I think about this a lot as well because I am a perfectionist when it comes to kind of like graphic design in, in a way, to, but to a fault where I will spend that's why we had to outsource because I was like, I, I'm, I can't do this because I was spending hours on like one graphic because I just was so meticulous about how it would look, especially now, you know, I, I have, I running my own business and creating this app. And so on Camber's Instagram, I, it's all me. So I'm doing everything and I will, I will be like, okay, I need to figure out a way to not spend this much time creating these graphics. And Honestly, I am so meticulous and I'll post it and be like, oh my God, wait, is that one part? And my co-founder's like, what the f*** are you talking about? This looks like it's like professionally done. Like, what are you, like, I'm so impressed, but I don't see it that way. It's the same with OKSIS. I think there's a level when you are creating it, there is just this tons of doubt. It's like littered with like second options that you Mm could have done. I don't know. But then, but but to a third party, they see it and it's and it's beautiful and it looks professional. It's yeah. an interesting. I always said that if I could have a superpower, it would be to see myself as others see me. Ooh. I love that. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I will. I will tell you, I screenshot your feeds all the time and I'm like, I love what this looks like. This is an inspiration. So I see it as like a work of art. But even for like for like a YouTube thumbnail or YouTube videos, I always feel that way. I'm like oh, like this doesn't look good, but I'm like just uploading it because I have to, but like I never actually really like it. So I do think we're so much harder on ourselves than we are on like compared to what other people's things look like. And also I think, especially like you were saying for Camber, like for me with Rella, the app hasn't even launched yet. And I'm like, I have been staring at this for so freaking long. I don't like it anymore, but I know that it looks great, but it's just like, you look at it for so long that like by the end of it, by before even anyone sees it, you like hate it. So I, I totally I, get it. Yes. I empathize a hundred percent. It's funny. Like I, I've been looking at our apps UI for so long and I, I still love it of course, but I remember when we gave the app to friends and family, people were, uh, I mean, in 
awe. And I, I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is the app that I've seen. Like, this, like it's just so funny to see it with new perspective and eyes. And then it kind of takes, it takes that, that third party again to reinforce like, oh no, like it does look good. It's really hard to get out of your head in that way. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember your first Instagram post on OKSIS? Like, do you remember what it was? Like, did you have like an aesthetic or like a, like, what was your theme, I guess? Yeah, we took this photo of us because Maddie wanted some golden hour shit with Boogle and Avelia. And um, we don't look that great, that's for sure. And then we put our logo over it and then we did like a nine tile or something to be like a big announcement thing. But it was pretty similar. We didn't have graphics for every episode. You know, three years ago, there wasn't so much of a template for how podcasters used Instagram, which is crazy to think about that it evolves that quickly. So we were just posting photos of our guests versus having a template, et cetera. But the branding has stayed very consistent over the three years. It's just kind of upgraded every single time we get new graphics or do like a quick little refresh, but it's never like a full rebrand, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I want to shift the conversation then to like your sister dynamics. So how were you guys growing up? Like, what was your childhood like? Were you best friends growing up? Did you hate each other? Like, because now you guys seem like you're, you know, like best friends. You just have this business together. But like, what was that like growing up? I mean, one time when Maddie was three, maybe two, I took a needle, like a pin, and I dug a three millimeter deep hole in my mother's tile floors. And I brought her over and I said, look what Maddie did. And uh, she couldn't see the hole that I had spent a long time building because it was three millimeters deep. And she laughed at me. And that was the first time I tried. I think I also tried to throw you out of a bus. I throw you out of a car. Oh, like I opened the door and Mika had to jump because I literally opened the door. This is really fun for me. I don't remember any of this. So how well, I remember that was just up, me being a jealous five-year-old when, you know, the younger one gets mm-hmm. more attention. I was going to say growing up, I remember I'm the younger one. So I am the spoiled one. So I remember it all being about me and like, really? Her, Cause I think you worshipped me. No, I looked at you as like the inferior person in oh, the family. Is that why you tried to copy everything I did? This is true. There was a dilemma in my brain because I was like, I want to be emo and write poetry like Scout, but then I also want to wear limited too and be obnoxious and all pink. <laughs> all right. I feel attacked. <laughs> like, what is going on? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. anyways, this is our dynamic. We went on a whole tangent. This is dynamic. We grew up in a Jewish household in San Diego, and yeah. we were not, we were close, we but were close. like, we fought a little bit. I think there was definitely strain. And then our parents got divorced when I was in high school. Scott was just going off to college. And I think that really put a wedge between us. We definitely approached the divorce very differently. And then it wasn't until OK Sis and when we first started doing this, really what how it started was Scout had a podcast and I went on her podcast. And there was just this incredible energy we were so silly but yet informative and it was it was so fun and so she approached me and was like we need to do either a podcast together or some sort of some sort of project and I in very non-mads fashion I just said yes without even really thinking about it which is not typical a little bit I was like no we're launching in two weeks 
But that's not the question. The question's about our dynamic growing up, not okay. how we started oh Okay Says. Oh, my God. I didn't know, okay. but I think that's actually yeah. really interesting because I think a lot of times siblings, when they are younger, either, like, don't really get along or they're not, you know, they're not, like, that close growing up. And then when you get older, like, when someone goes off to college or when you start, like, living your own lives is, like, when you reconnect and become a lot closer. So it's interesting kind, yeah, kind but of we hearing were, that. We were always... We were always close growing up. We did the same things. We liked the same stuff. We would skip school together and go to coffee shops. And well, then I really didn't have a choice. Yeah, I that. told her we weren't going to first period. But yeah, you know, especially when you're three years apart, that's like a freshman in high school versus a senior in high school. There's going to be a little bit of a difference in an age gap. And then after the divorce, we kind of emotionally separated, like very briefly. But I don't think that our reuniting, you know, in OKSIS and getting this close is a shock necessarily if you look back on the trajectory of our relationship. But just today we were driving and I was like, what was our relationship like pre-OKSIS? Like, I, I don't remember it that much. The podcast and when you do it with someone, you're talking every day. Mm -hmm. So regardless of even if it's like a sister relationship, it's just literally hour by hour we were talking with one another so it's just been so interesting to see that evolve over the past three years and have how it's deepened and it's completely shifted the relationship I mean it's like what what other what other scenario can you say that you you've sat down with your sister for an hour a week and chatted yeah for three years straight like that's that's really beautiful and it's like uninterrupted chatting you're not on your phone you're not like distracted because like you have to be talking to that person like on the mic very engaged for an hour and I, I honestly think like without podcasts the questions I ask people on podcasts and like the questions or the conversations we talk about on podcasts I would never have if it, me and you were like getting coffee you know never. so it's like you get really deep on like these conversations and when you're on a microphone because you're asking questions that are so much more engaging than just like a hey how was your day like blah 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 whatever you know like so I, I feel like you guys get a lot closer being on, on the mic together, which is really cool. We touch on a lot of mental health. I know we're very silly, but we do touch on several serious topics. And I don't know if like we would have sat down and been like, okay, how do we view productivity? How do we view mental illness? How do we view, you know, morning routines? Those are things that you just don't really talk about in a friendship. And even just with the, the consistency of the podcast, you know, having a couple of those can make and strengthen and develop and change a relationship. But the fact that we do it every single week, at one point we were doing it twice a week, over three years, not only are we able to flesh out our thoughts and hear from other people and discuss it internally on a mic, we're able to grow up and see personal development growth within the two of us after we've had so many conversations together. So, you know, I think if we didn't have OK Sis, me and Mads would be close, but I don't think you can get this close without having a podcast. Yeah, no, totally. And when you guys started the podcast, what was that like? Like, how has it changed since the start of your podcast? Or like, did you guys just start and like, just you two had conversations? Was always interview style? Like, what was that I guess, dynamic, like, in the beginning? So it was always interview style, at least in the beginning. I selfishly just wanted a chance to talk to my girl crushes. I think I always say this, podcasting is, like, the biggest scam. Like, I don't understand. It, it, again, in what other scenario can you reach out to one of your biggest role models and be like, can I have one hour of your undivided attention oh to God. ask you any question I want? It's the best way like, to it's network. such a scam. It is the it's best way to network. It's such a scam. <laughs> 
It's the best way to network. It's unbelievable. So I, I honestly, I was a huge podcast aficionado and like consumer of con of podcasts before. Okay, sis. So I was just like, wait, I want to have these conversations with these type of people as well. So it became interview style. Obviously, I think it's a really, really great growth strategy. It's where we, you know, found other like-minded audiences and we were able to tap into those. And then how it's evolved. I mean, we looked at our analytics and uh, we noticed that people were mostly listening to our intros and mostly listening to solo episodes and being really excited about those. We, that was a surprise to us. Like I knew that people and scout always says this, like, have great guests. They'll come for the guests. They'll stay for you. Mm -hmm. So you have to bring something for them to then, oh, be like, oh, this podcast is awesome. Let me subscribe because they're so fun. They're dynamic. And that's what I've always admired in podcasts. It's always been the host and the host perspective because there's so many interview style podcasts that are female only and female run. Okay. Like, well, there's a ton, but the reason that certain ones stand out is because you love that person's perspective, that person's observations and the type of conversation that they lead. So I, that was something that I was always afraid of when we first started. I was like, why me? What do I have to say? Like, wh why do I get to have these conversations? And what can I bring to the table where it was like, no, like I have a unique perspective as well that can be brought to this space in a, in a way. And I mean, definitely the unique blend of both of us with, with this, you know, third guest who's kind of like in on the sleepover vibes and it's incredible, but yeah. That was probably one of the most shocking things about the evolution of OK Says. I don't think Mads and I ever expected because we didn't come from a past content creation mm -hmm. platform. So I don't think we ever expected the community to want to hear us, us yeah. more than they want to hear these guests that were like, sisters these guests are insane I can't believe we're talking to them and of course they listen to those episodes for sure but the feedback we got so much over the years was they just want more solo episodes so we do two solo episodes a month and then two interviews a month we like to keep it like that but I think that was the biggest surprise of the OKSIS evolution was that me and Mads kind of developed as quote-unquote personalities on a podcast I mean yeah. I am obsessed with your podcast and I love listening to it because of your energy like I'm like working out in the morning and I'm like listening to you guys just like your banter and you're you chatting like I like I never even really care about who the guest is like not that I don't come for the guest but like I'm not that's not why I listen like I don't really pay attention to like the title as much or like who the guest is because I'm just I love hearing your like energy and hearing your conversations so I'm definitely one of those people that's like very into the banter and that's why I love podcasts with co-hosts but like mm -hmm. I could never have a podcast with a co-host like I need to do it on my own but like I love listening to podcasts with co-hosts and I think that they do so well like Skinny Confidential her and her husband and like what we said podcasts like their dynamic is mm -hmm. so great you know like those even like Dax Shepard's like armchair expert, like him and Monica, like I just like love mm -hmm. the dynamic between a co-host. So I definitely think that people stay like because of you guys, because like you said, like everyone does an interview. Like I still do like interview style podcasts, like 95 percent of mine are interview style. But I started adding these like longer intros, like updating people mm -hmm. on my life. And like I feel like it brings a better sense of community because before it's like, OK, we just heard a conversation like the guest is talking most of the time. So it's not even like they really got to know me on the podcast. So I'm trying to make it a little more personal, giving more like podcast update, like life updates on the podcast. But it's harder when you're talking just yourself because like there's no one to like bounce off of. 
Yeah, I, I know. I was listening to your your episode with Bailey and Jackie, who we love, and I loved your intro. I was so it felt like a YouTube video, which I think you probably that's why it works so well for you because you're so comfortable just kind of talking about your life on, mm-hmm. on when it's something is recording, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know if I could do it just myself because it's I get hard. a little bit in my head, and it's really nice with Scout because we, again, we can bounce off of each other and I, it's like a crutch almost because I can, she catches me when I fall and vice versa. And like, even when I do, when I film YouTube, I pause and I kind of like, you know, cause I know I'm going to be editing it, but with the podcast it's more raw, it's more unedited type of unfiltered situation. So I think it is extremely admirable for someone to be able to just go on a mic and talk and not care about you know the pauses or the awkwardness or the stumbling on words which like I think in YouTube it's a bit more polished Mm -hmm. in that way because you can edit out those things yeah no it's definitely harder to like talk for 15 minutes like just by yourself you know it's like my throat hurts by the end of it but no I like love your energy I think that you guys have built such a strong community and like you said you don't have that content creation background so like prior to starting the podcast so how did you grow your community like because I think the podcast algorithm is like the worst possible algorithm out there like you cannot find new podcasts you have to find them like by word of mouth or like by people posting on their Instagram story or whatever so like how did you guys develop that sense of community and like build such a cult following because I think your followers and like the sisterhood is so strong. So what what did you do to like grow that? Cult following. Oh, oh I would God, consider wow. it a cult following. I would definitely consider oh, it a cult amazing. following. So wow. we always say that it's so interesting that the podcast app, if you want to call it like a social media channel, which it wasn't, it really isn't. It's more of a content medium, I suppose, is not in the favor of discoverability for the content creator whatsoever. And so you have to go off platform to promote your podcast. So in the beginning... It was incredible guests. And then we started doing swaps and going on other people's podcasts because when you do a swap like this, like, you know, we're talking to your followers, Natalie, your community, your listeners, and they're already in the podcast world. They already have podcasts as a part of their community. So we're talking to directly to people who that's already part of their routine as well. So for us, it's mostly been the guests and making it very easy for them to post about it as well to bring in their community, like making sure that it's very easy. It's on Instagram story. We DM them the swipe up link right afterwards and then collaborating with other content creators that we feel really aligned with and doing swaps. Those are kind of like the two main things. Obviously, we keep up Instagram. Our Instagram isn't just um, a place where we showcase the guest of the week, etc. We really kind of view our Instagram as its own platform as well and taking that really seriously. We what what do we do? You guys have a Facebook we, page, right? Or so we closed down the Facebook page. We joined this app called Geneva, oh, which is yeah, a yeah. community-based app. It is phenomenal. I highly recommend everyone. I think that's the future of like podcast community, you know, hubs, if you will. Uh Facebook groups, yes, they did its job, but it's like f- Facebook. I'm just I I can't, I can't be bothered. And so it was like if I don't want to go and chat with my community then on Facebook, then what is the point? So we shifted everything to Geneva because it's just such a more delightful experience. Um, so everyone is there. And we talked to our community pretty extensively because yeah. especially in the beginning when random people would DM us, we were shocked that people were listening to us. It was the craziest thing of our life, you know? So when people talk to us on DM or on Geneva, I've gotten on calls with people. Mads and I go to dinner with some of these girls. One girl came out and visited us in San Diego. Like, 
we really, really talk to our sisterhood and not only just talk to them on like, a, oh, I have to answer their DMs. We we literally physically meet up with them. Yeah. One of them came over to our mom's Hanukkah party. Like, yeah. we're just placed we, a really big emphasis on the yeah. community. We also just, I think we always, and I don't, I don't even know if we were conscious of this. We don't see the community as us as the like above everyone and then mm -hmm. there's like a community below us like we're more the superior like leaders i guess but which i think never... some people can feel from influencers exactly yeah. where it's very you're not unrelatable you're unattainable like you try to be available but it's like not really mm -hmm. um so i think from the beginning because we were never content creators in the past we didn't know like how else to be so we we're just like hey you speak you like listen to our podcast that's incredible let's you get wanna, you want to come you want to you want to come to our Hanukkah party like <laughs> literally <laughs> so it's just i think i think the sisterhood has always felt that from us and yeah i'm i the other day i went to dinner with two girls from our geneva group who, they were like hey is anyone in la want to go to dinner i was like uh hello i'm here yeah. like can yeah. i come like like i don't know i'm like you like yeah but it really is creating a, a brand and a community not just interviewing someone and putting it out it's the geneva community it's our instagram it's reaching out to like-minded podcasts it's reaching out to aligned guests it's building more of a 360 brand than just doing what we're doing here together yeah and i feel like you also attract a lot of people that are similar to you so it makes it a lot easier like it's not like your audience is a bunch of little kids or you know like older moms or anything like that like it's people that are around your age that like the same things as you that are similar to you so it's like a natural friendship and I feel that way with my YouTube channel a lot like I feel like the people that watch me are in the same life stage as me so I've similar to you like I've met up with so many people that follow me and like I try to like if someone's in Miami like I've I've gotten lunch dinner drinks with so many subscribers but I don't view them in my head as like oh I'm going to meet a subscriber like I'm like yeah, no. oh I'm going to meet so-and-so you know and like yeah. some of my best friends I literally met through like them DMing me and being like hey like do you want to meet up like literally my college roommate and like my my best friend today like we met because she had DM me and now it's like weird thinking back about it I'm like wait that is how we met but like I I don't know I just I don't like when people do treat like their subscribers as like oh my fans like it's just like right we're all like the it's same age we're all the same we all like the same stuff like we would probably be friends if like we were in the same class or we went to school together like exactly there's not really a difference between us so I think you guys do such a good job at that yeah and I, th I think it's just so important I, I just I don't understand how you can really create community if you're not willing to meet the community where it's at mm -hmm. like if you are it, they're gonna feel that energy of you being a little like you know uppity on your high horse it's like no we're all friends here like yeah so in the beginning of your podcast do you think people came to okasis like how did they find okasis like what was the discoverability back then was it like instagram was it the guests you had on i think it was the guests in the beginning right it was the guests in the beginning and then we can pinpoint certain swaps that really uh i think got us the most listeners it was lauren elizabeth's podcast we just swapped with her we just swapped with kenzie elizabeth what we said podcast Same. chatty broads and tk's juicy polls so all of those because we've asked people so many times like where do you find us what do you do like where is where are you getting us from and most of them have said those so i mean for those of you who are listening and are either starting a podcast or want to start a podcast, 
Swaps are honestly the number one gross method. It is so valuable and impactful. It's been single-handedly our biggest driver of uh, finding like-minded audience members and listeners. That was really when it all started. And then honestly, it was we've been just so fortunate to have incredible guests and all of them have shared the episode with their community and it's just kind of grown organically in that way yeah I really think that that's like super important like going and putting yourself out there in front of your desired audience because like yeah you can put great content out and you know some people might find you but podcasting can be discouraging because you can put so much effort into it and then like if no one listens like what are you doing it for? You know, like, no, it's not all about the views, but like your listens, but you want people to listen. Like you want to build that community and like you need people there. And also you guys both run businesses aside from OK Sis. Like I, I thought when I first found you guys that OK Sis was like your entire like business. Like that's what I like for listening to episode one. I was like, these girls are podcast professionals. This is what they do for a living. I'm like, okay, like it makes sense. But you guys both run your own businesses. So like, what does your day to day look like? Like what, how do you structure your day? Do do you spend like half your time on OKSYS, 10% of your time on OKSYS? Like, what does that look like? So I think thankfully with our hot intern Gigi, we have delegated a lot of the, uh, the bullshit that I say, sorry, Gigi, for if you're listening. No, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just the, it's really the, the, the minuscule tasks that just add up um, that basically come as a supplement to a lot of the promotion of the podcast and the episodes every single week. So really the time spent is recording. Uh, we do also all the scheduling and outreach for any of the guests. So that takes up a lot of time as well and the coordination there. And then it's, you know, we have a call with Gigi at the beginning of the week. We plan out the content. We have to write all the captions for her. And we like to be really personal with our captions. And then obviously we need to show up on stories. We need to show up on the TikTok, you know. Uh, so it it thankfully has been manageable. It depends on what we're doing, too. So if, you know, earlier this year we had a live event. So like obviously we're spending more time that month or if we're gearing up for a merch drop, we're spending more time there. But I think we've got it pretty at this point scaled down. I would say on average, 10% of my week goes to OK Sis, mm-hmm. maybe 15, depending if I have to drive up to LA, then it's a lot more. But for the most part, my days are mostly directed towards scouts agency. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would think it's the same with you Mads. But then again, like, because we're sisters, I think maybe we don't realize how much we work on OKSYS because it's a text here. It's a call here. It's a, it's a quick thing here, especially because we're both entrepreneurs and own our own business. We might not realize in the middle of the day that we just did this thing real quick for OKSYS and how much that ends up adding up. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I've, I feel that way too. Like I've, Yes, I ha- I make my own schedule and stuff, but like sometimes I'll have to answer some YouTube email or like do a quick edit on a video or then I'll have to do a quick like schedule for the podcast. And like I'm not noticing that because I lump that into just, oh, I'm checking my emails, but or like, oh, I'm just doing yeah. a quick thing, but I don't really realize how much time I spend on it. But it's so true. It does lump into because it's just mm-hmm. so second nature to yeah. us, I think. And it's like a well-oiled machine that just as I'm working, it's like. Okay, this is part of it. You know, it's just like feels like an extension of what I do. You know, it's just an extension of what I do. But I would definitely say that when I am making my calendar, et cetera, my workload or my organization, 
scouts agency takes priority on that stuff yeah yeah and okay this is like kind of like a selfish question like i just want to know because i have this issue but i find it so hard like i can't time batch i have tried time batching and it's so hard for me to time batch because i have so many different things that i'm doing that i'm like i can't spend like mondays focusing on the podcast because i have rella that i need to focus on on mondays like that's like a 24 7 job so for me, it's really hard the way I like schedule my day. And like, I try to structure it as like a nine to five. I try to, you know, wake up early and, you know, start my day checking my emails early and like kind of have like an end to the day too. But like, how do you guys do that? Because I feel like so disorganized and lost when it comes to setting structure in my day, because I do so many different Mm -hmm. things. And I know you guys are the exact same way. Like you both have your own businesses. You both have podcasts. You both have your own personal stuff. So like, how do you structure that? So I will say that the time batching dream that's being sold right now is really potentially only incredibly applicable to those who have already built their business and have an organization of teams, but underneath them working for them. So when you hear about people who do that, like, Monday I do this, Tuesday they do this, etc. It's usually because they have a team that is working on all the stuff that we are constantly being distracted by and have to jump into. Mm -hmm. So I always like to keep that really, really clear in my head that usually the people that are doing that have a team underneath them and have already built up their business to a certain extent where they can dictate their, their schedules like that. That being said, there are ways that I make sure that I do that so that everything doesn't continuously kind of lump into one another or et cetera. I was also finding that if I didn't create certain time batching opportunities, that there was no moment for me to sit and rest and like have a three hour period where I could jam out emails because my calls were random times or I would have a call at 11 and then my last call would be at 4.30 and that kind of like, you know, was clunky. So I do very basic overviews on Mondays and Fridays. I don't take calls. I only take my team call in the morning. I have a team call every single day from 10 to 1030. Monday, it's longer. And then I don't take calls before 10, which allows me a little bit of a slower paced, restful morning where I'm not like, oh, is it time for my call, etc. So I can take it a little bit more easier in the morning. My last call is at 230 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Wednesdays, I'll go to 330. Wednesdays, like my more packed day where I'll just double them all up. I like Danielle, my assistant, to make sure that my calls as much as possible happening together. So as I said, you don't have a 1030 call and then like one later. So if you want to go to lunch, you want to do something, you can do that. So for me, it's more Monday, Friday. I don't have calls except for my team call so I can actually get work done. And then Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are my call days that I like to finish by three or four the calls. And I do it like that, if that makes sense. That's so smart. I need to do that because my calls are all like spread out. You know, it's like I have one at 10 and then I have one at one and then Uh, I have one at four. And it's like in between those times, I can't focus on anything because it's like it's such a short period of time. So I and then Mondays and Fridays, I'm like, okay, I want to try not having a call past this time. But then like it gets scheduled anyways because I feel bad. So I need to just have more rules, I think. Just start with Monday and Friday, no calls or whatever. Pick two days out of the week and then do all of your calls on three days of the week and just keep it to that and start really basic like that. That was really helpful for me. But I think that as the people who run the business, we forget that we run a business so that we can schedule our lives Mm -hmm. to be the most beneficial for us. You know, we don't have to be taking four o'clock calls on Fridays. Oh, yeah, that I'm pretty good about not taking like past noon on Friday. I'm like, I want to have like a longer weekend. So I'm going to try to stop working by like two o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. 
I use an app called Notion to organize. It's very big on the TikTok if you've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of pretty templates. But I I organize tasks by Camber, OKSIS, and Life, and then also larger projects within Camber that are broken out into tasks that maybe don't have to be done today but are ongoing. And then I will go to my calendar and basically like schedule out time chunks that and and put it in the calendar like this hour and a half or and depending on how long I think it'll take me to complete it. Sometimes it goes over, but um, you know, this hour I'm going to be working on the OK Sys stuff that I need to do today. And then this two hours I'm going to be working on content for Canva or whatever. And then I highly recommend the Pomodoro method. I don't know if anyone if you've heard it of it, Natalie, but you basically put a timer on your phone for 25 minutes and then you just go ham at the task and you are super focused and it really helps me as I don't do it often, but like when I do, I feel miraculous because is there something psychological that happens to your brain where you're like, Oh, I get a little break in 25 yeah. minutes. So like, let me like hammer this out. And then you get this really mindful five minute break where you don't look at your phone, you know, you get some tea, you go to the bathroom, you whatever. And then you just do that over and over again until the task is done. And it just feels so much more meaningful than like a daunting two hours. I'm going to be so focused and, and you end up, it ends up going by so much quicker than you think. So I would highly recommend people trying that out because I have, I become so, so, so distracted. Um, and we talked about this on, on when you were on our podcast, like social media is a big part of both OKSIS and Canberra for me right now. Um, so when I open the app, it's so easy to get distracted. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I open it for a specific reason, but then I'm like, but another hole, you know, and I'm just like, wait, why did I even open this in the first place? So it's, it's very interesting how our mind works that way. So being really intentional that if you need to open up, an, a social media app uh, for work, literally d- just say, I'm going to this one thing, I'm yeah. searching it and like be very focused on going to that. Do not look at the like whistles and bells that are around you. So I've been trying to be that way with it. I need to try the Pomodoro method because I think like for me, I do that unknowingly when I'm cleaning or doing like household yes. chores. Like I'll be like, okay, I'm going to clean my room for 15 minutes and whatever I can get done then. And I'm literally like cleaning my entire apartment in that time, you know, like it feels exactly. <laughs> like goes by so fast. So I need to try that with working because I can get so distracted. Like I'll like do something and then I'll kind of like look at my phone or I'll get a notification and I'll like open it. And then it leads me to something else or, you know, so like I need to get better at being focused on one thing, but sometimes I just get so distracted or I need to set like time limits on like, when am I going to, when I'm going to check my email? Like I don't need an answer yeah. an email the second it comes in, you know, I can have it a time to check my email like a few times a day or whenever we're talking about this the office hours like honestly put put the hour okay emails for an hour in the beginning and then like an hour at the end if that is how many emails you need to do but it's just and do what you feel comfortable with but yeah the constant surveillance of the emails the constant surveillance of the social media it is I mean, so unproductive. We say that. And like, there are some jobs I'm thinking about this right now where, you know, some jobs you have to be surveilling the inbox, for example, Mm -hmm. customer service or yeah, for, you know, my account managers, they're constantly surveying opportunities. And if they have, let's say we have, sometimes we have days where five of our clients have podcast interviews that day. They have to be surveilling their emails for last minute cancellations, for any additional information, et cetera. And so in client work, 
you have to be though. surveilling. But I, but I like to say this because sometimes people go on these podcasts and they say these things, but really I think the surveilling of the email is designated to kind of different um, industries. But at the same token, there is definitely an unhealthy obsession with living in your inbox. And I found that my productivity was going down because I was living in my inbox and I was living on calls. And I would get to the end of the day and I would be so mentally and energetically drained because the inbox notifications, the being on calls all day. And then I was like, when the f do I work? Yeah. Like, when do I work? You know? So that's why I do Monday and Friday nothing because you need space to actually sit on your computer and, and work. Yeah. And, and do, yeah. yeah. I, that's how I feel. I'm like, wait, when am I doing stuff? Like I'm literally on a call every single hour. And then when I'm not on a call, I want to take a break or I want to eat or I want to like yeah. check an email. And then I'm like, I don't work anymore. Like I feel like I'm just yeah. like talking to people all day long. Like that this needs to be fixed. So yeah, I'm going to implement both of those methods into my life because I feel so lost right now in terms of like organization. I feel like I don't have control of my schedule and I don't like that. So I definitely am going to implement that. But before we go, I also want to ask this question because I'm also just really curious. What is your biggest podcast pet peeve like of being on podcasts, going on, having guests on yours, listening, like it could be anything. I know what Mads is. I have one. I can share mine first. Mine is when people ask for the questions beforehand. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. You're so right. Yeah, that you're right. You're so right. We don't, we don't give this, questions. I, I really don't like that. I really, really don't. Because if you really think about it, what is someone going to ask you that you don't know about your life? You know, I always think that I'm like, I'm asking about your life. Like I've had someone cancel the podcast because like I didn't send the questions in time and it was like 24 hours before I was like okay never mind then no, sorry no. about that like no no no, no, no. It, it's it's ridiculous I mean also the the greatest part about podcasting is that there is this element of realness unpreparedness like but also you would never ask vogue for the questions beforehand like in what world do you do you go to an interview and you ask for questions beforehand you know like in in like professional journalism is that true no you would never ask a writer for the yeah, question i don't know it's just it's like we're having a conversation and right. like honestly like i want you to come in as you like we'll give them when they ask for questions i'll just give them like topics yeah and themes yeah i say we don't really give we don't really have we don't even set questions we don't even have questions yeah like, we don't give we don't even make the question <laughs> yeah. we just we just talk like yeah yeah, I think my pet peeve coming from the industry side, which I totally understand because I did it with us. We rescheduled. But as someone who books clients on podcasts, I have noticed in the past year that rescheduling, especially last minute cancellations, are a huge trend in the podcast industry. And I and it's fine. I totally get it. Mads and I have done it before. But as someone who's booking a client on a podcast, it's I get the brunt of the upset client who reordered her schedule or, you know, et cetera. And so that's kind of my pet peeve that the industry as a whole can be quite flaky with calendar invites. And I think it's because truly it's because we have to be on. Right. And so if we're not feeling it or if we're not feeling that great, sometimes we'll do a last minute cancellation. But in general, I don't think podcasters uh, respect the Cal invite, I think maybe as much as other industry meetings. I would agree. I feel like I've definitely rescheduled like my fair share amount of times, but like, I understand how annoying it is. 
I think it's because podcasters are like, oh, no big deal. Let's reschedule. Like we're so used to being on a podcast, but like if your guest isn't used to being on podcasts, they're mentally preparing, they're, you know, prepping, they're like looking good for whatever, for Zoom or whatever. And like, if you're, especially if you're not used to podcasts, like that can be really frustrating being like, okay, I was just like mentally yeah. there and now it's, uh, it's gone. Or if you're, you're a CEO, you know, and your right. schedule, like people are always saying, well, you know, the, we don't want to make it seem as if the guests or our clients time is more important than the podcast host. And like, I'm sorry, hot take. Sometimes the guest, their schedule, it's not more important, but it's more difficult to work something like this in into their schedule and so a lot of the times podcast hosts maybe that's their side gig or whatever whatever but for some of these some of my clients like they're booked out two months in advance and their calendar is like in color coded and so the reschedules for them can be really difficult to squeeze something else in and sometimes I think podcast hosts aren't like the most mindful of that yeah yeah what's yours Maddie I was going to say vocal fry. Vocal fry. That's a good one. <laughs> so it's because I, I have it. I told Scout that I would not do the podcast with her because she had vocal fry. And I said, you have to have right work on it. And I don't hear it as much. She definitely still has a little bit, but she's been much better. Because before, I couldn't listen to her previous podcast because it was just like this. Like I, it was like, awesome. it was like it was chalk awesome. on a chalkboard. It was my glory days. It was when I was... <laughs> Young, wild, and free. Well, with podcasts, you hear like every single bad thing about your voice or your speech. Or in the beginning, I remember I would edit out every single um and like because I had said it so many times. I was like, um, and then like, and then like, when you hear it, it's like, I just said it. But when you hear it, you just hear those filler words because you don't have video to distract you from it. So YouTube, you don't have to, you know, figure like you don't have to focus on your voice as much I was gonna say though with YouTube because I'm editing it I've noticed that I say and um or and space um hundreds of times like I couldn't believe and and it's a pattern I see it in the fucking volume I'm like oh there's the and ums and I just like it is so strange and it's just interesting because I've never I've just never realized my, it. My other pet peeve is when the guest is speaking for maybe let's they're going on a long monologue. That's not the pet peeve. But the host, as the guest is going on this long monologue, the host is like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> so Krista mm-hmm. and Lindsay from almost 30 podcast told us not to do that. So I used to do that because I thought, don't doesn't the guest want to know that I'm like engaged yeah. and and responding to what they're saying but the almost 30 girls who are like do not do that it is the most annoying thing annoying. to be on the listening side of which I actually a little disagree but it's fine if it's like the majority of the people so what I do now is because I can't help it like I want the guests to feel comfortable I don't want to be just silent just nod your head no not your no what I do is I I move the mic over when I'm not speaking because it doesn't pick you it up. You don't do that when you get loud. I don't do that when I get loud. <laughs> but I do it. I'm like this. So you have you have microphone etiquette. You're just selectively using it. <laughs> oh, bless. did you hear yeah. that? <laughs> she just sneezed. Um, Anyways, yeah, that's a good that's a good tip. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, I used to also think that you had to do that because then they would think that you weren't there. 
but right i think <laughs> like we're like you're like zoned out or something like that but I do notice I've caught myself thinking it like when other people are doing it and how it's annoying. So I've stopped and I've been like, okay, actually, that's annoying constantly hearing that. And like, even when I'm speaking, if someone's doing that like every five seconds, because some people do it like to an extreme. Have you seen that TikTok of that girl? It's like the the girl that was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? Uh, like, what's yes. her name? What's her name? She's like she is incredible. Like what's she's blonde? Yeah, I don't know. I I should know her name. She's she's phenomenal. Yeah, you know her. I'll show you a video. You know. Her. Like, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like everything's mm-hmm. so exactly. Yes. 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 She does the uh, the well, the actress one who's. Yeah. Or the wellness influencer yes, stuff, yes. or every woman in a yeah, she's hilarious. So I that I just like remind myself of that TikTok, and I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't be doing this when I'm speaking. I can't be doing it, yeah. But anyways, thank you guys so much for coming on my podcast. This was so much fun. We need to meet in real life. I feel, I can't believe we haven't. Yeah, we're, 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 well, we're coming to Miami. We're right. coming to Miami. We've invited ourselves. We're going to come. You're going to hang out with us. It's all going to happen. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Where can they find you and where can they find the podcast? And also your book, your app, link, like everything. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. There you can find Scout's agency and my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur. Go. Oh, uh, you, follow, you can follow me on that email. Also, there's a link in bio with all of the things. But if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, that would be really fun and nice. Um, I also have an app, a travel recommendations app called Camber, which you can follow at Camber app. And that's where you can download the beta app as well. Yay. And you can find OKSIS wherever you listen to podcasts and on Instagram at OKSIS podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lo Von Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.